Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and for those of you that don't know, how we normally start off this episode is by reading my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of this poem is entitled, In My Mind. So here we go. In my mind, you are missing me as much as I miss you. In my mind, you are hoping for a sweet encounter between us two. In my mind, we regret every word we said that caused our relationship to end. In my mind, I am that person who has your heart. In my mind, you still think of me when we are apart. In my mind, the words, I'm sorry, come so easily. In my mind, you never let go of me. We have learned from our past mistakes. Reconciliation is never too late. We stay together as we embrace another day forever in my mind. I think about whenever I was younger and There were no boundaries, none. I was able to use my imagination. I was able to think on things that may have seemed impossible to an adult. But as a child, I didn't know any different. And so it caused me to be able to imagine myself in certain places, imagine myself in certain scenarios, imagine myself accomplishing things that were just simply amazing in my mind. And there was no one to tell me that I could not achieve it. There was no one to tell me that it was not attainable. There was no one to tell me to stop dreaming in my mind. So in my mind, there was so much that I was able to do Because I literally did not hear as a young, young child what I couldn't do in my mind. See, my mind was full of possibilities. So I was able to envision myself being a world-known poet. I was able to envision myself speaking to the masses. I was able to envision myself living my wildest dreams. I was able to envision myself being wealthy. My mind. Your mind truly is a terrible thing to waste. And then life happens. And then you get involved with people that tell you that they mean you every earthly good but the truth is they don't 
you get involved with people that literally plot your downfall, speak ill will against you behind your back. The whole time smiling in your face and all the while behind your back speaking against the very things that you aspire to achieve and that you aspire to do all the while while telling you, honey, I'm your friend. And one of the largest pills to swallow is whenever you figure out these people or that person, this individual or those those folks never truly wanted to see you succeed. But if they could bet on it, they had bet that you wouldn't make it. And so in your mind, you can find a way of escape. You don't have to allow the naysayers to dominate how you feel and what it is that you see. And that's something that I have learned. Um, I've always been very, very transparent. And I heard someone say, well, I read it too, but I also, I've heard it said a couple of times that people will tell you like whatever is in a person's heart, it will come out of their mouth. And so there have been times where the more that I started being in tune with my imagination and the more that I started kind of sharing certain things with certain people, I would listen to their response. And based on their response, if you're not careful, someone could subtly try to place a curse over your life. And you just got to be really careful about that. And a lot of times it's because they're afraid. Sometimes the people don't recognize or they've never, let's say that um, I have a dream. Let's say that I have, and I'm just going to give this, and I'm going to give an example. Let's say that I have this dream that I want to meet Sidney Portnier live and up close and personal. That I want to shake his hand, that I want to spend about 15, 20 minutes just listening to him and sitting at the lap of wisdom. And let's say I share that with someone. And they're like, girl, I, you know, they start speaking all this stuff. Like, how in the world are you going to make that happen? What would be a reason for you to be in the same room with Sidney Portnier? And what could possibly, like, why would of all the actors, why would he be the one that you're talking about? So if you're not careful, you could put yourself in a situation where before you spoke to that person in your mind, that was very possible. It was very much attainable. But then if you share your dream or your hopes with the wrong person, by the time you finish that conversation, you are second guessing yourself. You're like, you know what? I don't even know why that thought came into my mind. You are so, so right. And before you know it, you have canceled that dream because someone else did not catch your vision. But had you kept it in your mind, or wrote it down somewhere where only you and the good Lord saw it and made the vision plain, give or take a few months later, you could have very well met Sidney Sidney Portnier, Portnier, and you could have also most likely gotten his autograph, could have taken photos, could have taken a video, all of that, had you kept it in your mind. So 
it's very, very important that we stay mindful of who it is that we share our dreams with, who it is that we share our passions with, who it is that we share our desires with, simply because if shared with the wrong person, you could be casting your pearls to swine. Because not everybody that truly says that they care about your well-being, not everybody does. A lot of people have their own mindset of how far they think that you're supposed to go. And if where you're trying to get to supersedes where they think you should go, then you'll notice the conversation will change. And I've noticed that in a lot of different settings. And so once I kind of became mindful that, oh, okay, so as long as, I'm going to give you another example. As long as we're having a conversation about you, well, then everything is everything. But the moment I start talking about me and what it is that I would like to achieve or where it is that I'm trying to go, I either get interrupted with the conversation. You hurry up and shut me up. <laughs> you got to get off the phone real quick because truth be told, you really don't want to hear what my goals are for my life. You really don't want to partake of that part of the vision. And I used to get offended with that. Now I'm just like, oh, okay, I see you. Well, okay, going to do what you were doing, and I keep it moving. And then from that point forward, they don't have to worry about me sharing my vision with them. <laughs> I don't care if it's 10 days later. So what were, oh, girl, don't worry about it. I didn't, I already, it didn't already got worked out. Thank you for asking, though. I'm learning. And that was one of the hardest lessons for me to learn because I've always felt like if I'm for you, then surely you're for me, too. And yeah, unbeknownst to me, that was that was me being hopeful because that's not really what was taking place at all. Um, I remember I was having a conversation with my aunt and um, I didn't notice it at the time. Like I never noticed it at the time because, you know, literally when you're growing up or whatever, especially when you're a teenager, you expect people to truly be for you. And, um, you know, your little click, you expect them to be for you. And I remember um, going through some things with this certain set of people. And I never could figure out, like, why it was that I would have given them the shirt off my back. But when it came to me, it would the same would not have been done. And she broke it down and said, okay, hon, so back then... They weren't called haters, but that's what you had. You just didn't know it. And because I was so naive and I felt like there were people that were truly, you know, I felt like if I cared about your well-being, then surely you care about mine too, because other than, otherwise, why would we be friends, right? That's the way I was looking at it and didn't realize just how naive I was truly being that it, no, just because someone is smiling in my face and telling me how much they like me as a friend doesn't necessarily mean that they're being a friend to me. Like I could be a friend to them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a friend to me. So that was a lesson that I learned the hard way. So I got my feelings hurt in the process. 
And um, looking back, I was like, man, how come I didn't see it? You know, yeah, the signs were there. Every time that there was something going on, did I get an invite? Nope. After it happened, what I, did I hear about it? Yep. But I still didn't catch it. I didn't catch it because in my heart, I was hoping that they were just as much for me as I was for them. And that just was not, that just was not the case at all. And so, um, looking back, I'm like, well, Lord. And I remember seeing, because the same thing happened with one of my siblings. And I, I remember he would have given the shirt off of his back for these set of friends. But they were so jealous of him that they literally plotted to sleep with one of the girls that he absolutely cared about, wanted to marry, all of that. And I was like, people can be, some people, not all, but some people can be so extremely cruel because they're self-absorbed. They don't care how it's going to affect you. They don't care how much it hurts your feelings. They're just trying to do whatever makes them quote unquote happy. Because sometimes it ain't even about them being happy. Sometimes it's just about them making sure that you're not happy. And so um, that's another thing I found out. Is that not everybody that says, oh, you know, I'm so happy for you. No, that's not always the case. They're not. Sometimes it's like that's just the, that's the practiced response. And so what they do, they sound like they're happy for you. But if you dig a little deeper, you'll be like, oh, child, these people ain't worried about me. They're not happy for me. It just, that's just, that's the right response. That's the political way to say, um, yeah, just in case I'm being monitored or just in case somebody's watching my reaction. Let me say I'm happy for you. But then the minute you start operating in that blessing, they're rolling their eyes like mm, she thinks she all that. All, you ain't even thought about being all that. You literally are just walking in your blessings. But in their mind, she thinks she all that. You ain't even thought about being all that. So just be careful. Be careful. Because everybody that says that they're for you, they're not. And that is something that um, I pray for now more than ever. Especially for my children. Because I see how a couple of my, especially my daughter. I see how she can trust so easily and her dad told me um today he said he did a test on her and i was like oh lord we gonna we gotta have that we gotta sit down and have another talk with her he said he did a test and pretended like she he was a friend of her big brother made the comment oh maybe we can meet up sometime and my daughter was like okay and i was like oh that is all the way wrong wrong answer wrong answer but it's because I believe in, you know, as a child, what does it say? As, when I was a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. So as a child, children do have a tendency to trust. And as adults, we're supposed to be able to trust. But I believe after we've gone through a lot, we start to realize that trust really truly is something that you must earn. Um, it's not as automatic as it was when I was a child. Uh, because when I was a child, before people did the things that they did to me, I would I would believe if someone said that they were for me, 
I believed it. I truly believed it. You didn't give me a reason not to believe that. And then as time would go on, that's when I would find out you were never for me. You were never for me. You were involved either with me because of selfish gain, but it was something that you saw that you could profit from, which is the reason why you were involved with me. And so now that I'm older, um, I think I asked more questions for that reason. I can't, I can't do the things that I used to do expecting a different result. You can't do the things that you used to do expecting a different result. Something's got to change even in your mind. And yes, would we like to be able to trust people? I'm sure makes a life a whole lot easier whenever you're able to trust the people that you are working with, dealing with, in a relationship with. It just makes things so much easier. Um, however, the reality of it is, is that at this point in time in life, yes, trust definitely must be something that is earned and not assume that it is something that's going to be automatic. Um, yeah, because now I do. I ask way more questions. Now, do I still want to be able to, you know, get to the point that I'm in the right relationship? And once I'm in the right relationship, I can let some of these reservations, some of these guards down. Yes, in a perfect world, I would love that. I would love to be able to truly trust the person that I am with and trust that I can, that my heart will be covered. Um, I was talking to a really, really, really good friend of mine. And um, this was earlier today. And when you, I believe when you get to know someone, when you really get to know someone, how you know that you're dealing with someone or how you know that you know someone is let's say that someone goes and they start talking about that person. Well, if you spend quality time with that person, it doesn't matter what somebody says, how they say it. If you spend quality time with that person and they say something outlandish about that person, you're going to be able to say, that's not the person I know. That's not the person I know. And then they may kind of look at you sideways like, well, how do you know? How do you know that that person is not capable? Well, in my interactions with this person, this is something that I've never had to worry about. And you know why? Because during being around that person, you've taken the time out to build trust. So because you've taken the time out to build trust, you've had those deep conversations. You've let your walls come down. And so now it's like, okay, so I'm completely raw when I interact with this person. They're completely raw when they interact with me. Like, from what I know, we don't have secrets. And so it just, it makes things a whole lot better. And that's what causes you to be able to have trust for each other. And so, um, yeah, your imagination is necessary. The way you think is necessary. Building trust is necessary. But, um... All of that takes time. It can't be done overnight. It is a process. And at this point, I'm just trying to figure out who is worth it, Lord. <laughs> who is worth it, Lord? Who is worth me taking the time out to go through that process for me to be able to learn a new individual? Hopefully, he brings something to the table. Hopefully, we're both on one accord 
um, eventually. I know it's not going to be overnight, but for the most part, hopefully we can see eye to eye on a lot of things. And um, yeah, because I, I do want to get to the point that I can completely let my guard down. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But um, it's possible. That's maybe one of the things that as a child that um, that we, you know, because we don't know any better when we're children. But that's a quality as an adult that I would love to have where I literally am like, you know what? Let me imagine myself here. Let me imagine you doing the right, doing right by me. <laughs> and it manifests. And it manifests. Being with the right person. Him not taking my kindness as a weakness. Me not taking his kindness as a weakness. What I see is truly going to be what I get. And where we have open dialogue. We can talk about any and everything. I'm his best friend. He's my best friend. In my mind, this is what I envision. In my mind. Now, will it become a reality? Only God knows. But in my mind... It's attainable. It's attainable. Now, he may be a unicorn <laughs> in 2021 and beyond. He may be a unicorn. It may be really, really hard to find him. But in my mind, he is worth the wait. And so am I. So I hope y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening. This is going to conclude this portion of my episode where we are real and wise, the acronym for RAW. I would love to read a letter to my future hubby. And here we go. Let me grab my, let me grab my little journal. Dear future hubby. Today's date is March 7, 2021. Did you know that the number seven is said to be the number of completion? Well, what did you complete on today? Are you one step closer to your goals coming into fruition? Today, I worked on one of my goals. I paced myself and successfully completed the task at hand. Doesn't it feel great when you accomplish exactly what you set out to accomplish? I hope you showed yourself some grace today as well. I remember when I was working on getting my second book published. I was frantic about making sure that I met the deadline I had created. So much so that I remember attending an event where the motivational speaker, Lisa Nichols, was present. Listening to her words of wisdom allowed me to show myself grace in this area. After all, no one but a small selected few knew my projected deadline. After taking many notes from that event, I came home with a brand new perspective. I could rush the process and miss out on important content in my book simply because in rushing, I would not have um, given myself the allotted time to process the storyline objectively. Or I could push back my projected deadline by a couple of months or so and create a masterpiece after all patience is still a virtue right so I opted to push back my book the deadline and my second book 
Perfect Illusions of Love, a novel, was successfully created. I was successful in waiting and my audience still enjoyed my novel. I pray that you are successful in all that you put your heart and mind to do. And I hope that you were able to complete something on today. I love you. Love, Teresa. So, since y'all don't see, y'all don't see how I actually sign my name. But sometimes I actually sign my name as T instead of spelling out Teresa. Um, so, that's like a nickname that I, I guess because I've been called that many times. Um that's kind of like the nickname so sometimes i do sign it as t so my future hubby won't always see my name spelled out he'll just see the letter t but um i hope that and even if it's just one person because you don't have to necessarily be single when you're listening to this you could actually be married as well or you could be engaged but I hope the same way that I was inspired to to launch this podcast, that someone is inspired in terms of writing letters to your future spouse or even your current spouse. Because sometimes what I have found is that when you write a letter, sometimes it's hard to put what it is that you're feeling into words but when you write the letter, you get to be completely transparent because you're not looking at facial expressions. You're not looking at body language. You're just getting it out. Now, you may watch and observe after you've written it and you hand them the letter to see how they're going to respond to it. But it's just another level of intimacy. And I think that it's great practice. Like back in the day when we were little bitty kids and, you know, we would do the little notes. Will you go with me? Check yes, check no. I think that this is great practice. So I used to write when I was a child. I used my imagination to, you know, create stories and to, to write plots and to do all of those things. And then there were no limitations there were no limitations on my mind. Like I literally came across some journals that I wrote years ago. And I said one day what I may do is share some of those journal inserts on my podcast because I think it'd be really interesting to see how I used to think back then. But it's like even when I'm reading some of those journal inserts, I'm like, girl, you had so I mean, I still have issues, but I don't have as many issues as I did back then. But and then I, I think about why I had those issues. I believe this is just my personal opinion. I believe a lot of those issues manifested in my life because of the company I kept. I believe that I didn't surround myself with the right type of people that would help me become a better person or a better version of me back then. When you're dealing with people that have a low self-esteem, then all of a sudden that's going to rub off on you. You're going to start having a low self-esteem. But when you deal with people that are highly esteemed, that have confidence in Christ, that truly love the Lord, that truly want to walk a righteous and a, a great path, then you're, the way that you carry yourself is so much different as opposed to when you're dealing with someone that's just like, <sighs> 
everything is always a burden, then you start feeling like everything is a burden. If you hang around people that are always broke, you look up because you're constantly giving your money away, you become broke. But it's like when you change the atmosphere, when you change the people that you affiliate yourself with, so much more changes. And what I notice is that slowly but surely, I stepped away from the people that were always getting into fights. From the people that every time I looked up, they had an issue with somebody. That every time I looked at it was like, okay, who are we fighting today? I got out and away from that atmosphere. Sometimes you got to move into a totally different state. I moved to a totally different city eventually. But I had a good, I have a good friend that she literally told me, and I'll never forget. It's not compared apples to apples, but it's still the same scenario. It's something similar. So she was in a very unhealthy relationship. And I remember because she was doing everything she could to end that relationship. But he had a hold on her. And so I remember one day she came to me and said, I'm leaving the state. And I was like, why? Because in my mind, I'm thinking there's so many other ways that you could solve this problem. Leaving the state, really? Her response meant everything to me. She said, I'm leaving the state because if I stay here, he will always have an entryway to return. And I was like, wow. So what she did was removed herself from the atmosphere, from the entire state, so that that way reconciliation as she knew it would no longer be an it wouldn't even be an option for her in that process of leaving the state she was able to mend her broken heart because she wasn't doing that whole yo-yo effect going back and forth going back and forth one minute we're together next minute we're not she wasn't doing that anymore because now they were miles and miles and miles away now she's in fast forward. She's in a brand new relationship about to get married in May to a man that absolutely loves her, who is 12 years older than her and to where she feels like the queen that she deserves to feel like. But has she stayed in that same toxic relationship in the same state? There's no telling what her testimony will be right now. Sometimes we have to remove ourselves from the toxicity of certain relationships so that we can mend our brokenness, so that we can heal, so that we can get back to where we were able to imagine ourselves being greater, the better versions of who we're supposed to be, so that we're able to do that without wavering, uninterrupted, so that we can truly heal it just presents itself in different ways. But that's one of the scenarios that I thought about. Like, I have literally had to move out the city sometimes just to be able to remove myself from toxic relationships. Just to be able to be in a different atmosphere so that I could fuel my brain and I could do things 
differently and so that I could find my tribe so that I could be around people that were like-minded on one accord that were more into building me up than more into tearing me down so that I could be in a situation where I literally could start to dream again so that I would not be stagnant so that I would not become bitter Sometimes just a change of pace or a change of atmosphere. And that has to do, it's not just relationships. Sometimes it's your job. Changing the atmosphere could very well change the trajectory of your life. Could very well give you the longevity that you've been praying for. Just by just a little adjustment. Making a little adjustment. It doesn't have to always be major. But if you stop dreaming, if you stopped imagining yourself wanting more, if you stopped thinking of the greater, if you stopped dreaming beyond your wildest dreams, if you stopped leaning on the possibility of greater, of more, of expansion, of excellence, then maybe it's time to change your atmosphere. I hope. You have a blessed and wonderful evening. Do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Bye.